Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast, your weekly insight into Ireland sport. Coming up, we've got a full interview with Guernsey's newish hockey development officer, Sam Watson. Uh, he joined us to talk about his background in the sport, what he makes of what he's seen so far, and this weekend's age group interinsulars. We'll also pick out our moments of the week and look ahead to what else is coming up over the next seven days. I'm Tony Kerr and alongside me, as ever, is Gareth Deprevo. Hi, Tony. And Jamie Ingle. Hi, Tony. Great to see you both. Um, yeah, let's start with our moments of the week. Um, Jamie, I'll come to you first. Um, yeah. <laughs> so this is the kind of story you don't get particularly often. <laughs> but yeah, our... <laughs> So you've probably heard quite a lot recently about Andrea Nightingale, our age group multi-sporting star who's going around the world competing against some of the best veteran triathletes. She's got quite a few podiums at European and world level competing against other veteran triathletes and... It seemed like she'd missed out on this occasion. She'd gone to Abu Dhabi for a 150k cycling race, was fourth across the line, and it seemed like she'd go home empty-handed. However, it turned out the person who had won the race had basically driven the race. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I think the gist of it is that she cycled quickly for a 20k to get away from the pack, hopped in a car, uh, got off 2k from a finish and just pedaled in. <laughs> I mean, that is unbelievable, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> so, <laughs> Andrew, Andrea was promoted to third place and with it got over a grand of prize money, which <laughs> I think that was part of the motivation for the winner, so to speak. Well, personally, you crossed the line first because the first place prize was about five grand. So. Yeah, wow. I mean, that's the sort of thing you hear about in like someone trying to get ahead in a primary school cross country might do is kind of uh, you know, hide behind the back of a bush and sort of sneak out the finish line. It's just it's the cheek to do it. In, in, in this day and age where sort of pretty much every race of that caliber and that type of thing would have like a microchip in in your race number or whatever how do you expect to sort of get away with using a car on a bike race it's just absolutely phenomenal it did when jamie filed that story i was i was in stitches i must admit i was laughing my head off that someone would actually sort of try and win a that long a bike race in a car no um from my knowledge i don't believe there was actually a chip system in place uh she was actually seen getting into the car (laughs) (laughs) well that's a giveaway i guess yeah that is a giveaway Congratulations, I suppose, to Andrea for, for eventually getting on another podium. I don't know. I mean, when you sort of travel so far across the world, and she does it, or she has been doing it pretty regularly and, and doing so well recently, hasn't she? But um, pretty galling to, to get that far and be sort of cheated out of that moment. Actually, I think I do need to clarify a little bit in that she didn't get a physical podium. She This was all after the podium presentation had been done. So I think Andrea was kind of almost cheated at that moment. She was, didn't get a photo standing on the podium. She just found out later oh you're actually third here's your medal here's your money <laughs> it's, it's galling for andrew at the time but i must i must thank her for providing us with one of the best headlines we'll ever have bike race winner used a car <laughs> so um if it's any consolation to andrea she she, she did help us out but uh, yeah, it just brought back memories um i've got vague memories of a, of a marathon once when a guy won well, supposedly won it and it found out that two guys had sort of like combined to win it and it was found out because one of them had a moustache and the other one didn't and it was sort of like this picture of a supposed winner halfway through the race thinking he's had a shave very quickly <laughs> <laughs> oh quite extraordinary stuff uh, well congratulations anyway to andrea for another great result for her um, right 
Gareth, <laughs> anything to match that? Uh, nothing anywhere near that sort of <laughs> excitement or, or humour. But um, uh, just want to yeah point out the um, the new Guernsey Hockey Premier League that uh, is going to be held at the end of this season. They've sort of like because of the way it's worked, um, that the dates available were going to be at the end of March, beginning of April. But um, they're going to basically do a, a, a four team tournament with all the best um, men's Division One players um, basically drafted into different teams. And I think it's it's a really good initiative from um, Andy Good, the <laughs> no pun intended, the uh, Ireland team coach that uh, he just wants to sort of give a new fresh tournament and just something else for our local players to, to aim for because um, obviously they play, the Ireland team play in um, the EH uh, knockout stuff but if you if you happen to get a bad draw you can end up only playing one game in that and other than that you've got the intrinsic so it's just nice to have a, a different tournament for them to look forward to and um, judging by the um, sort of reaction to it on the, the balcony at the hockey club last week where I was chatting to Goody and also um, Daniel Griggs who will be one coaching one of the teams um, there's quite a lot of excitement and I think there'll be quite a lot of banter sort of flying around come uh, draft time and see, see who uh, people play alongside and uh, who they're up against so um, I think it's a, a really good initiative <laughs> definitely a good initiative as you say um, is it something that's going to feed into the interim or will it come before that um, this season it won't they've, they've, it's something that um, Andy's been pushing for for a few years apparently he sort of took a I think he's taken a bit of inspiration from the old Guernsey Premier League cricket when um, when we had sort of four sides or franchise sides as we called them uh, picked by sort of a, a coach and a manager um, and also had a professional come and play for them at the moment the hockey won't be getting visiting players in um, for the first if, uh, for the pilot event as such but um, he hopes that over time it might grow they might sort of look to bring in a couple of um, overseas players possibly but certainly he, he'd like it uh, ahead of the intrinsics to help his selection and also just to to sort of show the competition for places that we have yeah it's awesome i think it's a great idea and just to yeah bring a sort of new occasion a sense of occasion to to something at the end of the season um I'm sure it'll go down well and uh, yeah, we'll be right across it. Well, yeah, also sort of because in the old days there used to be the big Guernsey Easter Hockey Festival as well, which is sort of it's dwindled away over the years because of, well, COVID hasn't helped obviously in recent times, but also just the, the cost of um, holding that and for teams to come over. Um, and also the the men's knockout cup over here it's never really sort of taken on because I think they sort of put the league fixtures in stone at the start of the season then people might arrange holidays when they've got a bye weekend or whatever and it's just happened that uh, the men's knockout in Guernsey doesn't really sort of hold much prestige compared to certainly compared to the league which is almost a be all and end all so just having a new fresh tournament like this I think is, is, a, is a really good thing yeah, I was going to say I remember the Easter Hockey Festival but I don't Really? <laughs> <laughs> you remember you turned up for it. Yeah, I remember arriving. You don't, you don't, yeah. don't remember leaving. Yeah, <laughs> no, that yeah, that, I think yeah, it's a, a really good initiative and um, yeah, something to, to look forward to towards the end of the season. Um, right, okay. Well, let's leave it there for part one. Um, coming up next, we'll be talking a bit more hockey. Welcome back to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast here every Thursday um, with a look at uh, what's going on in the world of bailiwick sport. Um, if you're not already, make sure to hit follow or subscribe wherever you're getting your podcasts um, to get every episode delivered um, straight to you on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or wherever else you're listening. Um, right, 
we are going to carry on with a bit more hockey chat now because we have a relatively new face uh, on the scene in Guernsey tasked with pushing things forward from a development perspective. Sam Watson um, has taken on the role of, of Guernsey Hockey's development officer. He's been on the island for a few months now and he has some uh, relatives here, in fact, who uh, are heavily involved in local sport as well. He came in ahead of this weekend's junior entrances, boys and girls under 16 and under 14 clashes uh, taking place at Foots Lane. So we thought it was a good opportunity to catch up with him to find out a bit more about his own sporting background and what his focuses are in the new role. Sam, welcome to the pod. Cheers, thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks for me. coming in. Great to see you. You've been on the island um, for a few months now. How are you finding it? Uh, yeah, I'm finding it uh, really good, thank you. Uh, yeah, came over late August and um, yeah, enjoyed it, getting into the swing of things and kind of having a good time. So yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Got the tail end of the summer and then into uh, now the sort of howling wind and rain. Uh, yeah, too bad. <laughs> definitely, definitely seen some of the weather recently. Yeah, wet training sessions. For sure. <laughs> Sam, just give us a bit of a, a sort of potted history of your background in hockey, then, because you here is the pretty much the first kind of full time development officer we've had in the sport. Uh, yeah, so I grew up in Kent, so I played school hockey there. So I went to school in Sandwich for Manwoods. It was a bit of a one of those sort of traditional grammar, rugby, hockey, cricket schools. So straight away you're sort of into playing hockey uh, and it's quite a strong county for hockey so like the school standard's pretty good uh played a tiny bit like just sort of casually a little bit before that but then when I got to like year 10 I was like turned 14 I could play in the uh adults league and my dad was a bit of a hockey player so uh I kind of joined his team so a little local team called Deal Hockey Club, sort of based in Dover, and sort of joined the men's two team uh, with a few friends from school. Sort of played a couple seasons uh, in that team with my dad. It was quite good fun actually, and then um, then got put up to the first team, and then so that was kind of my experience with hockey in Kent. And then I went to uni UEA in Norwich. So I played for the first team, um, both on like a Saturdays in like a local league and also uh, in like the Bucks competition. So you go and play like all the other unis, right? So um, when I was at uni um, in my second year, I kind of got asked, or oh, would you help out with some of the coaching of the men's fourth team? Uh, I sort of said, yeah, that's cool. Uh, sounds quite good fun. And then kind of got quite into that but then sort of kind of that was a bit of a COVID hit season so um, bit of a shame really and then in my third year I sort of took that team over sort of just like by myself so I was sort of like the lead coach and then I was um, assisting the ladies first team as well so I was sort of doing two teams that season while playing and then through that I started doing some of the like the England hockey like uh coaching workshops for like club players and then that sort of kind of led on to a bit of kind of my early coaching experience as well um so that was sort of like a general overview of sort of my hockey background before coming to Guernsey yeah and obviously you know to be now doing it kind of as a full-time job you must love the sport you must have uh kind of developed a real love of it quite early yeah uh I mean I I think it's like I, I yeah, enjoy playing I'll enjoy coaching uh just something kind of tactically I think it's quite uh, quite slightly more complicated than maybe let's say a football but it's got some similar elements and I think it's got that sort of 
uh, longevity in a sport is like that community feel. So like you kind of grow up in a club and you sort of stay in that club and you know you know everyone sort of there and it's like a pathway almost so you've, from juniors right the way up. And I think, you know, it's got that sort of nice feel to it, a hockey club. Um, and just, just and also what I really think is good about the sport is just playing on the AstroTurf surface, right? It's all weathers, mm. like it's an all-season sport. So you've got your sort of winter season where you've got your league fixtures and then you've got your mixed and summer leagues, which I think just means there's like it's kind of continuous and you can sort of play in whatever weather, which I think's like great because you see like when I used to play a bit of rugby and football, whatever, when you're in a, like a muddy, wet, so- soggy pitch, you're like... Uh, yeah, it's not quite as attractive. No, no, <laughs> so playing on a nice little uh, artificial sort of surface is nice sometimes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And especially at the, you know, the moment here, you know, if you're playing football, you're probably getting games called off kind of semi-regularly already. That's right. When you're over here, once the weather sort of hits like this, you sort of have you can go a month without playing your sport if it's dependent on that weather. But like you say, with, with hockey, you'll pretty much regularly know that every Saturday or Sunday you'll have a game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's only like if you get sort of a frozen pitch yeah. so it needs to be like minus sort of two degrees or something <laughs> for it to get cancelled so you're pretty pretty certain yeah. that you're playing obviously you've sort of given us your background on sort of getting into coaching what what actually attracted you to sort of like apply for for the role you're now in um well i was kind of well finishing up in uni and i was debating a few different options um had sort of flirted with the idea of a master's um but there was no sort of set course that I really like, had a passion burning desire to sort of do um, and I've got family on the on Guernsey right so uh, I've got um, a couple sets of aunties and uncle grandparents and stuff uh, and I'd come over to Guernsey sort of maybe like once a year mm-hmm. on holiday and over the summer kind of thing so I kind of knew what I was getting into and I think they just sort of sent me the link and I was like uh, and then I just sort of ended up applying for it and then next thing you know, I'm sort of ended up in Guernsey, <laughs> right? So uh, it kind of just sort of just ha- sort of just happened, which was um, kind of just sort of a bit bit strange, and it just was quite quick, but uh, worked out nicely in the end. <laughs> <laughs> and how are you finding it um, so far in terms of of the job itself? Then, because um, I, I suppose, as you said, it, you know, it's the first time we've had a kind of full time hockey development officer. I mean, it, have you got a bit of a blank slate to to kind of shape? Uh, yeah I can kind of bit of freedom to shape the role how I see fit Um, but there's kind of sort of different aspects of sort of uh, the role I suppose so kind of a lot of it is some of it's like outreach so I mean a lot of primary schools um, doing sort of curricular in curriculum sort of hockey sessions so I've done a do a sort of six week blocks in different schools delivering some hockey sessions and then trying to see if get some kids to see if they're like enjoying it fancy coming down and playing at the weekend um so that's kind of one aspect and then also things like um coaching the actual some of the Guernsey teams so I think maybe we'll get onto it later but I've sort of been coaching a lot of the under 14 boys and kind of the under 16 girls as well um and then there's sort of other parts of the role, which is like, you know, looking at coaching, development, pathway schemes, um, that kind of thing kind of comes into it. What do you make of the setup as you found it? I mean, from this sort of limited experience, you know, it's only been a couple of months, but do you feel like you, you've kind of, you've arrived with hockey in a, in a good place or is there a lot of work to do? Um, I think it's you know, 
I think the structure of the what Guernsey has is pretty good. I mean, they've got nice facilities at the club. Um, and there's a clear sort of pathway scheme right the way from sort of year, sort of reception year, all the way up to sort of um, sort of sick form age. And then you know, it's quite easy to get involved in the club set up when you get old enough to do so. Um, so I think it's fairly strong. I think there's also little, little improvements that we can do to sort of see sort of um, better development of players and also sort of try and incorporate kind of... Uh, better the coaching for some of the juniors but also um, kind of trying to attract more players to the setup as well because um, that's one thing in particular I'm kind of looking at is to try and increase sort of the amount of hockey players that go to the state schools and aren't necessarily not yeah might not be from a hockey background as such to try and get them to come and sort of give it a go because you do find with hockey if you play it at school in, especially in secondary school, then you're likely to carry on playing it. And if you've got family, like parents play it, they're going to push you towards it. It's how do you get those who might not be so familiar with the sport into the sport? I suppose the actual college setup has actually it's, it's given Guernsey some outstanding players over the time over many years now. Um, in terms of that, how do you see the, the standard of our... You've played a bit now in men's division one. How do you see the standard of, of our sort of senior players? Uh, yeah, so it sounds like pretty pretty strong. I mean, as a, in that division one, you've got quite a mixed uh, range of ability. You've got some pretty high standard players. Mm. And then obviously you've got some juniors sort of coming through. I think just the, the sort of the structure or the sort of circumstance that Guernsey's in um, means it's, you're not going to see like this super like ultra sort of competitive league. Mm. But I think they're quite good at making sure all the teams are of an equal sort mm. of ability. So like the games are competitive. So like anyone can kind of beat anyone in the league, which I think as a player, you want to make, you, you, there's no point winning game seven, eight, nil. Yeah. The fact that it's competitive and you're sort of going into the game thinking, oh, like we actually, you know, you've got put a bit of effort in, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think the standards of the men's div one's pretty strong, and I don't. I feel like if you're coming over to the island and you're like top player, um, I'd probably say it would accommodate you. You mm-hmm. might feel at times a bit frustrated, but I think the games there's enough challenge and stuff in the game that it kind of would sort of accommodate you, and also it's. Good little part, like good for juniors coming through as well mm. to sort of experience that standard. And like if you're going off to university, it's going to put you in a good place to go and play in a high team in England, kind of thing. Mm. I was going to actually ask. I mean, I know you've got a bit of a Guernsey link with your family. Um, Guernsey hockey does it have like a, a good reputation in in England? Because I mean, there was a period five six years ago when we were reaching sort of national finals almost year on year. Um, obviously, sort of. Andy Worley, who's sort of like the best player we've probably ever produced over here, was player coach of the Guernsey side. He's England Masters regular these days. Um, it, it sort of seemed at the time that Guernsey hockey was on such a high that we were quite well known almost throughout England. Um, some of the changes in the knockout competitions haven't helped us in recent years, but um, it, has Guernsey got a reputation in, uh, in England hockey? I think it probably does, but I think the fact that it's not in the league set up sort of doesn't help yeah but um i think from what i've gathered they've done really well in the the sort of um the cup competitions in the past right um i think now they've kind of they're playing in the the tier two Mm. cup so you're not playing like the premier the premier teams right um 
but still that's a strong standard yeah. you got like you know some strong teams like second teams from the big clubs like Wimbledon Surbiton those sort of clubs mm. and you know it's not anything to sort of like think oh it's only like the tier two of the mm. cup like still a strong standard and I think there's a there's a feeling that they can go quite far in it this mm. year I think they've got we've got Crawley first team away and then we're playing um, either UEA first team or I think it's Merchant Taylors and that'll be in England no that'll be in Guernsey so I think there's a kind of a hunger to win that first game to see a team come over to play because I don't think I think it's been a while since we've really had a really strong opposition come to the island so I think people are quite keen for a good cup run this year yeah that's a great carrot isn't it because certainly yeah. a few years ago when when it was it, a regular occurrence it was, yeah it they, was, when they used to have like the the cup for the tier for the premier yeah. sides and then there was the trophy we sort of got to the trophy final about five years on the trot won it a couple of those occasions but then they switched it to tier two and the luck of the draw was we used to get like a premier second team for sort of three years on the trot and we would give them a good game but get knocked out sort of in the first round almost and we almost felt a bit hard done by that the draw was against us and it's such a big draw because when um when we do have home games like you say um the crowd down there is great it just attracts a lot of people and it sort of shows off how good we can be yeah it's definitely um yeah, I think sometimes you get it's a bit of luck of the draw. That's sort of the the nature of the cup, right? If you get a tough draw early on, uh, it's a bit it's a shame because you're sort of relying on that cup to yeah. sort of provide a lot of those high level games for mm. the sort of the first team. And if you're getting a if you're getting knocked out in the first round, you really reduce the amount of hockey mm. matches at that standard that people can kind of have access to. Yeah. Um, so I think I mean the cup draw seems favourable this year right so you just kind of imagine that we, we could kind of go far so um, yeah it'd be interesting to see how we, we get on mm. but definitely um, yeah that's sort of the pathway to getting those mm. high level games and sort of I think there's a, I think there's a bit of a buzz that will kind of come with sort of a cup run at home especially mm. when you probably get a big turnout come yeah. down and everyone will be quite excited to sort of see that sort of standard hockey mm. yeah fingers crossed yeah. <laughs> speaking of representative uh, hockey as you mentioned before um, you, you're involved in coaching some of the junior sides and we've got some interinsulars um, at home this weekend for the under 14s and under 16s um, what's it been like getting involved in that I mean are you ready for the, the inter-island um, battle to commence yeah, yeah, yeah. have you been told about the rivalry between well games, yeah yeah it seems <laughs> like uh there's a bit of a focus on on the jersey <laughs> game so uh yeah i've been um sort of focusing mainly with the under 14 boys but also uh, i've done a bit with the under 16 girls um i think a lot of the juniors because of covid they might have missed a bit of hockey right so um and also a lot of the year nine boys weren't part we had it was a strong year 10 or the now year 10s were very strong i think so there's not a couple not many of them had really played in that sort of adult in the sort of the ladies league in the under 14 boys playing the ladies league right so there's only two i think had really played in that system beforehand so it was quite um a lot of a lot, most of the team right are new to sort of the 11 aside competitive game so um, the progress they've sort of made since the start of the season, where a lot of them are new to it, has been quite um, quite vast, really. Um, and they've all really sort of thrown themselves into sort of the training. Um, and you can see there's a we've got a nice little structure as a team now, and they're kind of getting more comfortable in that sort of shape. 
and we've sort of put on uh, some extra um, Monday sessions. So we've done just the sort of the squad. Um, they've had a few extra sessions on a Monday night, just to sort of give them a bit more preparation. Just to, because uh, we, we we can. I mean, I've got time to do so, so I can like. I think mm. the boys are happy to have come down. They 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 see the value in it. Um, they want to do as good as well as they can. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, there there's a sort of an appetite to improve. And as a coach, you know that's quite that's a that's a nice thing to see in your players, right? When they want to they want to turn up to all the training sessions and they're happy to put in extra work to sort of see their own development and as a team, right? So. Um, yeah, that then the fourteen boys are in a nice position, and the girls, um, they're, they're they're also like got a nice little structure, and they've had a nice little pre-season, oh no, no, like a pre-match sort of against the under fourteen girls, which was a good standard from both teams. That was played on Saturday as a little little warm-up game, really. Um, so um, yeah, I think there's a nice sort of uh, it's quite like everyone's expect. Uh, excited for the game really mm. and there's sort of a desire to sort of really showcase what we've been working on so it'd be good going from juniors to perhaps the other end of the scale i don't know quite how to describe it but you've also introduced the the walking hockey initiative but yeah. um, what was the sort of the idea behind that um so i was speaking to susie who's sort of um kind of and ali who's sort of on the board of the hockey of the, at the hockey club and um i think there's been some there was like a keen they were quite keen to get walking hockey going. Um, it's really big in England. A lot of clubs do it. They get a, lots of people down. And you find, yeah, a lot of people um, sort of don't really fancy playing in the, the sort of the league yeah. setup anymore. It doesn't quite accommodate for them. Um, or it doesn't fit their schedule around sort of maybe, you know, if you get, you've got like kids to run around at the weekend. Yeah. Uh, don't have the time necessarily so just for um, give it a go um, and yeah we had our first session last Thursday uh, the weather didn't help it absolutely chucked it down <laughs> but um, those who were there really enjoyed it um, it was kind of just to see how it works I mean I'm new to walkie hockey hadn't really done much of it um, so we had um, little games going on then we all just sort of we had um, clubhouse open afterwards so everyone sort of stayed for a drink and some food mm -hmm. and it was quite nice to just sort of connect people who might have sort of kind of been part of the hockey club but sort of drifted away mm -hmm. a bit so it was nice to see lots of people come back just really just sort of social and fun and it just accommodates for everyone right mm -hmm. whether you're sort of like retired sort of in your 40s and then some of some youngsters sort of might be coming down as well because is actually quite good for positioning. When mm. you can't run right, you have to think, oh, where do I... You've got more time to sort of assess where you should be standing. Yeah. Um, so in terms of actual, like, can be quite a good development tool for some juniors, as well as sort of um, help, you know, get people back into community sport. Mm. Um, there's a sort of fitness aspect, but also sort of it's nice to feel part of a, a team, a community, a club, where you can sort of socialise and mm. sort of you know chat catch up and have a drink afterwards so um yeah the launch was good uh, we've got uh this thursday and the following thursday as well so it's at seven o'clock till eight o'clock at the hockey club and then there's food afterwards so it's been the first uh, event was really good We're hoping that sort of momentum continues and more people come down so mm -hmm. it was um 
No, we're looking forward to seeing the growth of that. So can people just turn up or do they yeah, just give Yeah, turn you up. It's completely free. It's completely free. And the food's sort of uh, there afterwards for free as well. So <laughs> I, I might I be mean, down there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you got a new convert already. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. I think it's great to see because, uh, as you said, you know, the hockey is a, it's, it's a sport that you can play into your older years, can't you, for sure. We see some people who, who definitely don't want to give up. But the more opportunities you can give people to, to get involved, the better. So. No, that's definitely. really good to see um well thanks very much for coming in it's been yeah. great to chat and um yeah best of luck in the dugout this weekend oh, geez, we'll, <laughs> we'll be down there um hopefully four wins out of four <laughs> yeah, no pressure. Pressure on. Yeah. first in trinchlers make sure you win them <laughs> uh, but no uh, appreciate you coming in for a chat and uh, best of luck with uh, with the role going forward cheers thank you very much Sam Watson, Guernsey's Hockey Development Officer, speaking to us there. Yeah, nice to catch up with Sam. Seems like an enthusiastic young man, I'm sure, already enjoying his role. Yeah, for sure. And um, he, he, he certainly looks a decent player from what I've seen. But uh, it was quite interesting to find out. I, I sort of knew that he had Guernsey relatives. But when I actually asked him more specifically, and he sort of revealed that um, his uncle's a, a Jim and Mark Elliott. And Jim, obviously, a, a Siam legend over here. And uh, Mark Elliott played football for the island as well as playing for... Uh, Guernsey rugby and he's played a lot of hockey in his time so there's a very sporty background to his whole family there so I think it's uh, it's nice to have someone of that pedigree over here. Yeah good sporting pedigree for sure. Well let's have a look at what else is going on this weekend. Jamie a really big weekend for Guernsey swimmers um, and yeah an opportunity to get some island games time so it's coached someone back from across the other side of the world. Oh yeah so we've had Tom Hollingsworth come over literally from Australia where he's been based for most of a year and he's obviously incredible swimmer he's got 49 island games medals he's trying to compete he's trying to qualify for next year's home event so he can bring it over bring it over to 50 and above but yeah <laughs> obviously it'll be a great spectacle seeing him in action locally and it's fantastic that he's traveled literally across the world to get here yeah incredible commitment um it just shows how much being a part of that island games next year here means to him um yeah I mean, as far as kind of Island Games qualifiers go, it, it, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Well, it's sort of over half his life basically dedicated to Island Games. He made his debut at the Guernsey 2003 Island Games and um, pretty much been to everyone since. Uh, yeah, and Tom's just, uh, I've, I've said it before, but he's just a great ambassador for Guernsey sport, not just swimming, but uh, and it's great to see him just want to have his swan song back in, in his home pool and... Um, I'm sure he'll be in the sort of shape where he'll be able to qualify this weekend uh, in the in the Ireland Championships. Anyone else to look out for, Jamie, across the weekend? Yeah, so we'll have the privilege of seeing four of our Commonwealth Games swimmers competing. Uh, and also we've got a relatively new face in Owain Edwards, who's he used to be based at Mount Kelly in the UK. He's swimming to quite a high level there. He's since come back and is now training sort of full-time with the Barracudas. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see. He's 16, see how he can test some of our top swimmers. A promising addition to the swimming fold, for sure. Um, anything else going on? Gareth, where are you going to be this weekend? Um, I think I'm quite weather-dependent. Um, the way the, the rain's been coming down, I think I'll end up uh, next to a 3G pitch on, on Saturday because there's, there's a lot of football going on. Um, but also, Raiders are back in action. They're actually away this weekend to um, Rochford 100, who are just one place below them in National 2 East. So it's a, it's a pretty big game for Raiders. I mean... Having spoken to Jordan Reynolds this week, he, he sort of finds it almost amazing that we've only won three games and yet we're ninth on 22 points. And he, 
he seems he seems to think that's probably more than halfway to being make sure they're safe at least this season. So um, yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting uh, season so far. It's a, it is a big game for them, but um, I think they're still trying to get over that um, last gasp draw that they gave up to Seven Oaks last time out a fortnight ago. I think that's still pretty raw within the squad. So. Um, They'll be looking for a, a big result this weekend, even though they've got quite a long injury list. Um, they they have named a, a pretty strong starting 15, though, so um, fingers crossed they can get the, get the job done. Yeah, good luck to them. Big game for Guernsey FC as well, um, back here at Foots Lane against Bedfont Sports. Um, both teams right down towards the bottom of Isthmian South Central. Um, so a big opportunity um, to, to get a good one over there. Rivals down there. Um, right, I think that's just about it. If you're not already, give us a follow on social media. Uh, at GSY Press Sports is the place to go. And of course, at six days a week, pick up a paper for the very best local sports coverage. Uh, thanks, guys. Have a good weekend and we'll see you next week. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, Tony.